GateWorld.net presents an exclusive interview with Elise Levesque. Great to finally meet you, Elise. Thank you. Um, Likewise. At GateWorld, we've been actually looking forward to talking to you for quite a while. Oh, thank so. you so much. Um, how did you get your start acting? You've racked up actually a pretty impressive amount of uh, credits up here in Vancouver. So yeah, I've, yeah, I've been out here for about four years now. Gosh, four years in May, May 1st. Yikes. Where does the time go? Mm -hmm. um, I got my start when I was 11 actually, um, in a children's television series called The Incredible Story Studio. And our dear friend, David Blue, took it upon himself to tweet about it and managed to get his dirty little paws on the first ever episode I ever did called Hugo and the Haunted Cheese, mm. which is about a piece of Limburger cheese that is haunted. Mm -hmm. And I played Candace Wilkes, the snobby teacher's pet. And that, you know, was how I how got my first, that? got my foot in the door. It was that part, the role of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, so I, I worked on... something that's not readily available? It's not. They're like, I, he couldn't find it himself, actually. Um, it was Slam that found it for him. Oh. She got it for him on Amazon and found, yeah, found a, uh, one of two copies mm -hmm. or something like that. Or she has the only two copies that she uh, on Amazon or something like that. Anyway, um, so I worked on that children's series for a couple of years and just kind of one thing, you know, led to another. And then after I graduated high school, I was supposed to go on to this other series, which I had done for two years, which was my first sci-fi series called 2030 CE. Mm -hmm. And um, it got canceled. So I wasn't planning on going to school. I, I put off college and university to, you know, work on the show. And then that fell through. So I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to what am I going to do? And an opportunity to go off modeling kind of presented itself. So I, it was, you know, I have travel bug, like nobody's business. So I kind of took the opportunity that presented itself and just took off for a few years and just bounced all over the place like a little gypsy. And then I came back to Canada, I guess, when I was 20, 20, 21, 20. We'll go with 20. And, um, and then moved to Vancouver. And I've been out here ever since. And I've been pretty lucky. Tell us a little bit about the auditioning process with SG. Did you initially read for Chloe? Or? I did, actually, yeah. I um, had to put something on tape here in Vancouver out at their casting offices here in town. And um, it was kind of one of those magical experiences where it just kind of it felt right. Like I got the script the night before, and it just was like I, the lines just came naturally. It was just easy. I just could relate to it emotionally. Um, I went in and I read. I felt really good about it. But, you know, you always kind of were like, Psh, I won't hear. Whatever. Anyway, a week later, my agent sends me a little email just so you know they're really interested. Yada, yada. You might have to screen test. And then a couple weeks after that, like, guess what? You're going to L.A. And I had never screen tested before. I had heard horror stories from one of my friends who are actors who are like, you go into the room and there's a bunch of, like, faceless suits. Nobody says anything to you and everyone hates themselves and they hate you, too. So just be prepared. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Fire. Right? Exactly. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. Um, so I went and I actually like I walked into the room and it was like 30 some faces that were just beaming at me like they were so happy like it's Brad Wright and Robert Cooper and like all these lovely people who just looked like they were just so excited that everyone was coming in to read for their show right. and I remember the casting director so funny told me the night before he he was really generous he got together with everyone who was testing and um, gave us some pointers and ran the scene with us etc and he was like they really want to see you cry 
So you're gonna have to squeeze out some tears. You're gonna have to like, you know, bring on the waterworks. And I'm like, oh, okay. And of course, you know, they're like, you have to cry, you can't cry. Exactly. Right? So I'm like doing my emotional prep before. And we were out there, we waited quite a while before we went in. I go in and I do it and I felt like, okay, there was a little like shiny eye, a little like, you know, maybe tear kind of hanging in there, but no, like I didn't really weep. I didn't have a weep-a-thon like they were hoping for. So I go back outside and they make you wait. And another girl went in after me and came out with just tears, just drenched. Like her, she was like wet from tears, and I was like, "Great, I'm not gonna get it." <laughs> and kissed that goodbye. And then um, it was actually quite a while after that I got the good news, got the good word. And yeah, so that's pretty much how that happened. Are there, <laughs> yeah. Are there any parts of your personality that you bring to her? Um, gosh, I think, well, I think there's more just some, some stuff that I relate to in her upbringing, an only child, really close to her parents and her family. I'm super, super close to both my parents. I'm total daddy's girl. She's got a much more difficult relationship with her mother than I have with mine. I'm very close to my mom. Um, and I guess just having, in a way, a sheltered upbringing, I can relate to that. I'm a small, small city, you know, a lot of love, a lot of protection, um, but, you know, I think in ways that I differ, I'm a lot goofier than she is. I'm <laughs> a lot weirder, <laughs> probably. Um, you could say that about me. Uh, yeah, I, th I think she takes herself maybe a little more seriously than I do. But I, I used to, I think, take myself a lot more seriously. Right. And, and then I just started to be like, you know what? Pfft, I'm weird. Just go with it. <laughs> just go with it, you know? Uh, as uh, Yeah, so, so yeah, I think, I guess, the essence of me is, is similar to her, but um, maybe it's a dialed-down me. Chloe starts the series watching her father die and then mourning him, and within a short period of time, just within the first you know, 12, 13 that have aired here at this point, um, you know, she's begun a relationship yeah. with Scott. Yeah, that was, bam, that happened faster. <laughs> <laughs> and she's gone so far as you know, siding with a civilian crew in yeah. Dubai where, you know, I actually was kind of taken aback that she sided on Russia's side. I know, I was shocked when I read that script. I was like, great. <laughs> it almost kind of feels like the character is being almost prepped for kind of like a more of a civilian leadership role. Would yep. that be off base? Uh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I, honestly, this that's one thing that I thought was the beauty of the character is she didn't really have an identity on the ship and mm -hmm. it could go any way. Um, uh, she seems like the type that, like, the job that she had with her Well, and the political science thing. She went to Harvard. His daughter. And that's prepping, I think, definitely. I think if that is to come to fruition, it'll still be for a while. Like, she's still young in, I think, a lot of ways. Um, but we see her definitely get more hands-on and sort of um, take charge in certain aspects. Even after, I think, I think we see that in the episode that airs next Friday. We see a little bit more of that. But yeah, it's, been, it's, a, slow, it's a slow process for her. I think she had to mourn the death of her father, come to terms with the reality of the ship, and then slowly but surely start to, you know, carve out a little niche for herself. And, and I think the first episode we really see that in is Justice. Right. I think it's the first time we really kind of see that, oh, she has a backbone mm -hmm. and she can take a stand for something. Throughout <laughs> at least the episodes that have aired so far, there's been a little bit of a triangle between Scott and, and, mm, and You caught on to that. Eli <laughs> kind of... Yeah, yeah peering around, around, yeah. Are Chloe and Scott a sure thing? Um, or is there hope that you know, for fans of Eli, that maybe one day the geek will get the girl. We'll get the girl. Well, I don't want to get. I don't want to ruin anything. Hope, hope. I don't want to ruin anything. 
Um, you know, I, well, I, as you can see, you know, from, I'm from the a, recent episodes, Scott and Chloe's relationship has been tested, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, and uh, that's not over yet, for yeah. sure. And, and what I can say about the Chloe and Eli thing is I, I don't think she's ever had a friend like him before. Mm -hmm. I think she can't come from a very superficial world, a world where you can't really trust a lot of people. And... Um, Used to the level of devotion. Yeah, you never have somebody who would literally give his life for her. Um, and she, I think she loves him with all of her heart. Um, and wh where it stands right now, he is just a friend. But you know, you never know. You never know. Things change. People change mm -hmm. all the time. And some of the best relationships blossom out of friendship. We still have <laughs> most of the. Uh, back half of season one yet and you're yeah. well into production of season two. Yeah. Um, where would you like to see Chloe go uh, from a character and from an actor standpoint? Well, I mean, there's already, I know kind of yeah, where she's going you know and about. no, but, and I'm actually super surprised at the direction that they have taken her in and it's way cooler than anything I could have come up with. Let's put it that way. Way cooler. I peg her for taking the route that you know you were talking about before, taking on some sort of leadership role on the ship. I think as the ship, as we become more accustomed to this is it, we have to accept the fact that we are living here. More and more of a society will be built, and I think she will be able to take a place in there somewhere. Um, I would love to see her, you know, go kick butt with the boys too. Like that's fun. That's what really fun. I want to get in the action. Um, but who knows what you know is in the cards for her. Um, but definitely there, you know, some stuff that happened in the last couple of episodes, the repercussions of that will be felt through, throughout the remainder of the season, but quite predominantly in the second season, which we started shooting. Um, Pretty neat stuff. Is there anything that you can say to fans that are maybe still a little bit uh, on the fence about where SGU is headed? You know, there's been a tonal shift from what's come before it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is a fan. There are some people Absolutely. that really latch onto it, though, too. Absolutely. But for those that are maybe stuck in the middle, you know, that aren't quite sure. Uh, yeah, gosh, you know. It's 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 a tough situation. I don't want to have to convince anyone to, you know, mm -hmm. like something that we all have our own tastes. And I don't love everything that's on television. I can't expect everyone to love our show. But I think um, hang in there. The payoff is so great in the back half of the season. I mean, I think even just with the, the past I've few episodes. Heard words like gut wrenching being tossed around for the finale. Yeah, I mean, it ends in a way. Let's put it this way. I've, you know, I've, I've seen it, and um, I'm very proud of the show, of course, being a part of it, but um, I showed it to some, a friend of mine who doesn't watch the show, doesn't watch anything. This, I showed her the last 20 minutes. She didn't even know what was going on, mm -hmm. and she was clawing at me for information as to what happens after. She was like, that can't be the end. That, no, no, that can't be the end. And for people, <laughs> and for people who are fans of the older shows, we've got some, some familiar, uh, they're, they're reinvented, I think. I, I'm, I don't know enough about them to really be mm -hmm. giving a, an educated opinion of the differences, but there is a force that kind of comes at the end that threatens to change everything right. from destiny, and uh, I think that that is something that fans are going to go crazy for. Excellent. We got some pretty kick-ass uh, aliens. Mm -hmm. uh, back half, these blue guys. Last question: uh, Any message that you would like to give to fans, just in general, ones that are, are new to you, and fans that are going to uh, oh, come to know you and love you over the next hopefully five, six, seven. 
let's go a full decade. Oh, goodness. See you for the next 10 years. That's overwhelming. Man, I feel like I need to be like a guru right now. <laughs> like, like give us some sort of inspirational quote. Oh, I just, you know, let's just keep having fun. Let's just, you know, keep supporting, keep loving it. And uh, I, I, we all appreciate so much the fan support because it, it lets us go do what we love to do. And the show, the franchise, wouldn't be anything if it weren't for the dedicated fans who tune in every week, who come out to events like this and support. And, um, you know, it really makes this world, this realm, this niche a special place. And... Um, yeah, just keep hanging in there. We've got all kinds of surprises in store, so it's going to be a fun ride.